Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to CBS News Roundup ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If you feel like your business is drowning in inefficiencies, it might be time to decode the problem and break it down by the numbers. Let's start with 37,000. That's the vast community of business owners who've embraced NetSuite. 25, that's the number of years that NetSuite has been revolutionizing financial workflows and accelerating success. Which brings us to one. NetSuite offers tailored solutions, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Unlock the power of NetSuite today. Download our acclaimed KPI checklist for free. Just head to netsuite.com slash cbs. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. This is the CBS News Weekend Roundup. Coming up, floods, tornadoes, and excessive heat in the nation putting millions at risk. Drink water, stay in the shade. (laughs) If you don't need to be out here, stay inside. The FDA approves the nation's first over-the-counter birth control pill. I think it's a really big deal, yeah. In the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keyes segment, breaking down the disturbing problem of coercive control. It's regulating other people's emotions. It's regulating other people's choices. It's regulating their actions. I'm Allison Keyes in Washington. Extreme weather is continuing to sweep the nation, putting scores of millions at risk, while scientists point the finger at climate change. But no matter the cause, everything from torrential flooding to tornadoes to horrific heat is making people miserable. We begin our team coverage with CBS's Jim Crisula. More than 111 million Americans are under extreme heat alerts. Parts of Arizona and Texas have had triple-digit heat every day this month with no end in sight. Susie Witt lives in steamy Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep, another scorcher. I heard we're going to have hot weather seven days. Michael Cummins owns a lawn care business in Charlotte, North Carolina. These conditions are pretty rough, pretty hot out here. Uh, It's really humid more than anything. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so humid. Weekend temperatures in Death Valley, California are expected to top out at nearly 130 degrees. Jim Crisula, CBS News. Those temperatures in California have firefighters on high alert. Californians are being warned. This weekend will bring the hottest weather of the year with desert areas expected to reach a scorching 120 degrees. The sweltering forecast also comes with the serious threat of catastrophic wildfires that thrive in these conditions. This weekend's heat wave is something that's on all firemen's minds right now. We can have brush fires any day just because it is so hot. Tanner Rins has been fighting fires in California for more than a decade. He says this year there's even more fuel for the flames because all the vegetation that grew after an especially wet winter is turning into hot, dry brush. We have so much grass. It dries extremely fast and it carries fire extremely well. Firefighters say that, along with the unprecedented temps and stronger winds, mean the fires are more aggressive than ever before. 2020 saw the worst wildfires in the state's modern history. More than 4.2 million acres burned. Fires are getting larger quicker, and that's typical for a heat wave like this. I think we're going to have more acreage burned this year. It's concerning through the entire county and the entire state. The rise in temperature is causing dry patches across the state. Officials do their best for brush clearance, but the amount currently drying out is more than usual and difficult to maintain. 
Don Ubakis, CBS News, Santa Clarita, California. On Thursday in central Mississippi, more than a foot of rain fell in just four hours. And earlier this week, several tornadoes touched down just outside of Chicago. Some people needed to be rescued from their homes and their cars. The Winston County Sheriff's Department said it saved at least four drivers. No deaths or serious injuries have been reported so far. And across a third of the country, it was another day of record sweltering heat. Near Chicago's O'Hare Airport, a tornado touched down Wednesday, sending thousands of passengers scrambling for shelter and canceling hundreds of flights. Residents are cleaning up after several other suspected twisters tore through nearby communities, damaging homes and uprooting trees. In McCook, Illinois, a storm struck Skyline Motel. Six rooms are completely... The roof is completely gone. While owner Brian Patel was at a movie theater. Seems like impossible mission I have in my hand right now. Fortunately, the guests were gone. Must be very difficult. It's a family business. My kids, they're born here, they grew up here. It's hard to see. It's, it's got destroyed. Patel says he will rebuild, as will residents here in countryside Illinois. Roxana Saberi, CBS News, Countryside, Illinois. The weather has been so severe that some are saying it's like being in a disaster movie. CBS News meteorologist David Parkinson agrees. Yeah, it certainly does. And when it comes to everything, the temperature warming globally has a lot to do with it. The warmer air temperature is, the more moisture it can hold. And as a result, you get these incredible sort of rain bomb events. That's what we saw up in Vermont, where we had tropical moisture making its way up, even though there wasn't a tropical storm, and raining at a rate and an intensity and a total amount of rain that we have not seen even with the worst tropical storms in some part of the state. So that is really the concern now is as the climate warms, the amount of moisture is fixed, but how much can come at any individual point increases. And the oceans around the globe are also heating up in a terrifying way. Yeah, the oceans really seem to be on fire at this point. We're seeing not only high ocean temperatures in the Pacific, that's the area where we're seeing the El Nino develop, but we're also seeing it in large parts of the Atlantic where water temperatures in the middle of the ocean are several degrees warmer than they should be. But in the area around South Florida, we're seeing a 98 degree water temperature in the Everglades. That's an incredible number. I've never seen anything like that. And the real problem is, A, ecologically, uh, the... Marine ecosystem is not used to water temperatures like that. Coral certainly can't survive in temperatures that warm. But should there be a tropical system that goes over water of that kind of warmth, it will be the turbo on top of the premium fuel. It is a recipe for a really devastating outcome. Uh, should a tropical system move through like a tropical storm or a hurricane. CBS News meteorologist David Parkinson. The excessive heat is especially dangerous for children, the elderly, and the unhoused. In Texas, a group of outreach workers is out caring for those without shelter in conditions that are most difficult for those they serve. KENS-TV's Alicia Niavis. We know what it's like to stay at Haven. We know what it's like to be out here. Heather Clemens and Jack Bolgren come back down 
commerce. Are checking in. There's Christine. There's Christopher. On those who often get overlooked. Are you hot? Yeah, yeah. The duo serves as members of the outreach team for Christian Assistance Ministry. You want a water? Known to many as CAM. One of the very best parts of our day is to get out here and do this. For the San Antonians they're protecting. I'm going to put some water on this thing. Cooling centers may not be an option. They may suffer from paranoid schizophrenia. They may be struggling with their own other mental health issues. So CAM goes to them. Kevin, can I put this around your neck? Dude. <laughs> That was the look that Jack had That's when what I, I went had too when I got mine. The scorching heat creates an invisible enemy. That causes distress. It can exacerbate mental health issues and um, substance abuse issues. They came over and that person had to have Narcan administered to them. That started about Monday or Tuesday and then we've had several cases since then. With these helpers, the end goal is surviving, healing and thriving. I love you too. Coming up, actors join an ongoing writer's strike. That's next on the CBS News Weekend Roundup. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. On the CBS News Weekend Roundup. I'm Allison Keyes. A game changer for reproductive health care as the FDA approves the first over-the-counter birth control pill in the nation, easing access for women and girls. CBS's Janet Chamlian. The daily pill called Opil, which has been available in this country by prescription for 50 years, could be on store shelves without a prescription by early next year. How big of a deal is this? I think it's a really big deal, yeah. Young women... Dr. Pamela Behrens is an OBGYN and professor at UT Health Houston. I think having access to birth control is really important for women, and this is another way to get easier access. More than three-quarters of U.S. women under age 50 in a recent survey said they wanted birth control pills available without a prescription, if deemed safe and effective. They're already available over-the-counter in more than 100 countries. The move was opposed by the Catholic Medical Association. The medication should not be over-the-counter. I think a doctor needs to be counseling and discussing this with patients if that's what the patient is choosing. The approval comes amid increased focus on birth control since last year's overturning of Roe v. Wade. The FDA reports of the more than 6 million pregnancies in the U.S. each year, almost half are unintended. Opil contains the hormone progestin and must be taken at the same time every day to be effective. Common side effects are irregular bleeding, headaches, dizziness, and nausea, as with many birth control pills. This is a very safe option. It may not be the perfect option for many people. French drug maker Perigo hasn't announced a price for the pills, which are sold in 28-day packs, but says it will make them affordable and provide Opil at no cost to those who can't pay. The pill will be available beyond pharmacies like this. You'll be able to get them at convenience stores, grocery stores, even online. 
the FDA says they will be available to anyone of reproductive age without parental approval. Janet Shemley in CBS News, Houston. This as Republicans are focusing on abortion as GOP lawmakers take aim at Defense Department policies. Republicans successfully added an amendment banning the Pentagon from covering travel expenses for service members seeking abortions to a bill funding the military. It doesn't matter what position you stand when it comes to abortion. What the one defining part that most all Americans believed you could support it or you can oppose it, but don't use tax dollars on it. Then Friday, the GOP-controlled House passed the Defense Authorization Act, mostly along party lines. The bill typically wins large bipartisan support. The far right hijacked this, hijacked our national security, and this makes our country less secure, less safe, and it's an insult to all of our women in uniform, so I'm a no. On the other side of Capitol Hill, Senator Tommy Tuberville has single-handedly blocked the Senate confirmation of more than 250 senior military officers because of Pentagon abortion policies. President Biden slammed Tuberville Thursday while traveling in Europe. I'd be willing to talk to him if I thought there was any possibility of him changing this ridiculous position he has. He's jeopardizing U.S. security. Abortion is also a key focus for the candidates hoping to win the GOP's presidential nomination. A majority of the candidates attending an evangelical forum in Iowa. Isn't it good to be in a nation where you are free to praise the Lord? Hallelujah! Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds is using the event to sign a new bill into law, banning abortions after six weeks in most cases. Willie James Inman, CBS News, Capitol Hill. The Biden administration said Friday the tens of billions in school loan debt will be forgiven for more than 800,000 students enrolled in income-driven repayment plans. It was just two weeks ago when the Supreme Court invalidated a separate debt relief program, and that's when the president said he would not give up. I believe the court's decision to strike down my student debt relief program was a mistake, was wrong. I'm not going to stop fighting to deliver borrowers what they need. Friday, the Department of Education began notifying borrowers their student loan debt will be forgiven. This new program will affect more than 800,000 borrowers with $39 billion in federal student loans. Linda Kenyon, CBS News, Washington. The Screen Actors Guild went on strike Friday morning, joining the ongoing writer's strike. This is the first time in 63 years that both unions have walked out at the same time. Ronald Reagan was head of the Actors Union at the time. Their concerns, higher pay and technology. CBS's Errol Barnett. With screenwriters and actors now both on strike... Hollywood is at a standstill. We are the victims here. SAG after President Fran Drescher says studios are ignoring enormous shifts in the industry and in the economy. You cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change too. What are we doing? Moving around furniture on the Titanic? It's crazy. The union's main sticking points include limiting how artificial intelligence can be used, along with increased pay and residuals from streaming services, where SAG-AFTRA claims its members are missing out on millions. We had to protect the people who are kind of on the margins. But the studios say streaming has affected their bottom line as well. In the first quarter of 2023, Disney streaming services, which include Disney+, Plus, Hulu and ESPN+, lost the company more than $1 billion.
There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which bargains for Hollywood companies, says in a statement that the strike, quote, will lead to financial hardship for countless thousands of people who depend on the industry. They plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. And one other note about why this fight over compensation is so crucial for so many in these unions. You have to earn a certain baseline of income to qualify for health care coverage. That's true under the SAG-AFTRA benefits. And for many middle class actors, this is about their livelihoods. One note, SAG-AFTRA employees of CBS News work under a separate contract and are not affected by the strike. Now to the economy, as inflation cooled a bit to 3%, that's the lowest in more than two years. That's according to the U.S. Labor Department's Consumer Price Index. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger joined CBS Mornings to discuss what this means for folks at home. Well, you'll probably notice that it's cheaper to fill up your car this year than last year. Food prices are down for a lot of items, though. Some of those shelf-steady items are still expensive, like potato chips. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's one component of the consumer price index that is a little bit of a thorn in consumers' wallets, and that is rent. Mm. And we are seeing rent starting to come down in more recent data. But I think overall, this is good news for consumers. But for many Americans, prices are still high for a lot of the things they need all the time. Even though the mood of consumers seems to have lifted a bit, their expectations for inflation over the next five years went up slightly to 3.1 percent. Coming up, NATO and Ukraine. That's next on the CBS News Weekend Roundup. On the CBS News Weekend Roundup. I'm Allison Keyes. President Biden wrapped up his European trip this week, where the threat from Russia and support for Ukraine topped the agenda both with NATO and his meeting with the U.S.'s Nordic allies. CBS's Natalie Brand. President Biden visiting NATO's newest member, Finland, talked about the military alliance's unwavering support for Ukraine in its defense against Russia. Our allies and partners around the world understand that this fight is not only a fight for the future of Ukraine, it's about sovereignty, security, and freedom itself. The president meeting Thursday with Nordic leaders, including the prime minister of Sweden, which is also in the process of joining NATO. This makes the world safer significantly increases the prospect that there is less likely to be war. This week, President Biden and allies made clear that Ukraine has a pathway to NATO membership once the war is over. No one can join NATO while a war, a war is going on, where a NATO nation is being attacked, because that guarantees that we're in a war and we're in a third world war. In the meantime, the U.S. has promised a long-term security commitment Ukraine's president emphasized the continued need. You have to know that you spend this money for, for not, not just for fighting. You spend this money for our lives. More now from CBS's Pamela Falk. On the heels of the NATO summit in Lithuania, Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kuleba, will be at UN headquarters in New York on Monday and Tuesday, along with UK and France's foreign ministers, to speak to the Security Council about the war and to let the world know about human rights violations in Russia-occupied territory in Ukraine. Ukraine's president spoke this week about next steps. 
we are already starting to prepare for the next NATO summit in Washington. At the Vilnius summit, we have reached good agreements for Ukraine with almost all partners. We had a very good meeting with President Biden and his team. Now it is time to turn each such agreement into a concrete result. And when we put an end to this war by establishing Russia's defeat, respect and attention to Ukraine will be forever established in history. But Ukraine is not the only hotspot in the world. This week, North and South Korea sat face to face at the UN as North Korea's ambassador Kim Sung told the council that their test of an intercontinental ballistic missile was a legitimate exercise of the North's right to self-defense. Our test fire of a new type of ICBM is a warranted exercise of the right to self-defense. South Korea's UN Ambassador Wang Jun-kook countered that argument. Here I cannot help asking the question, how can an ICBM launch ever make neighboring countries very safe? And although it looked like there was no meeting of the minds, China's ambassador called for the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, which he said could escalate into further tension. Pamela Falk, CBS News at the United Nations. Now to Iceland, where tourists are hiking for hours to see lava shooting from a volcanic eruption. Lava is still bursting from the ground in Iceland, unleashing a stunning spectacle after a volcanic eruption. You see pictures, you think you know what it is, but you can get there and it doesn't feel real <laughs> looking at it. Some tourists are hiking up to 12 miles to see the awe-inspiring scene up close. It's pretty incredible when you see it for the first time appearing in the distance. It's the third volcanic eruption on the Reykjanes Peninsula in just two years and comes after scientists recorded more than 4,700 earthquakes in a matter of days. We seem to have entered into a new eruptive cycle here in, in southwest Iceland. The peninsula uh, hasn't been active in, in many, many centuries. Streams of molten lava and clouds of gases are spewing from the site about 20 miles from Iceland's capital city of Reykjavik. Authorities are warning lava lovers to be careful of toxic air. I didn't realize you could actually get this close, so that was a pretty big, big surprise. But uh, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely a, a once in a lifetime. And for those looking to tick a volcanic venture off their bucket list, in such a seismic hotspot, there's more where that came from. Tina Krause, CBS News. In Alaska, worries over the closure of two crucial crab seasons and the future of fishermen. KYES-TV's Georgina Fernandez. And this is what we do. This is our livelihood. Fishing runs through the Prout family's veins. There's a, a a big connection, not only for my father and, and our family, but just, there's something special about being on the water and, and being a, a Bering Sea crab fisherman. In 2020, Gabriel Prow and his brother bought a boat and took out loans to buy fishing rights and part of a vessel. There's a deep uh, appreciation for what we do and the resource and the job and the work we put in. Then October 10th, 2020 happened. The closure of the uh, 2022 snow crab for the first time ever and the second closure of king crab um, has been nothing short of devastating for myself and our family. The Department of Fish and Game closed both seasons due to low abundance levels in both species, including record lows for Bering Sea snow crabs. Uh, the population abundance levels were the lowest we've ever seen and below um, the state's harvest strategy for having a fishery. Devastating news for Prout's livelihood. We've had to make cuts to maintenance. We've had to make cuts to crew. Um, obviously, 
Um, all these factors are impacting the safety and reliability of the vessels. His family now relies on the income of their vessel tendering and transporting fish in Prince William Sound. Typically, that's been something that has been uh, extra revenue for us during the year. Um, with the closures of the crab, though, uh, it's something we're completely reliant on. It's a struggle felt across the fleet. So it really is um, questionable whether or not we're going to be able to, to find a path forward, not only for my family, but the fleet as a whole. As Prow hopes and prays for disaster relief funds or a season to open up soon. In London, a visit to the lost and found for one of the world's largest public transportation networks and some of the interesting things that go missing. Mind the gap. If you leave something behind on one of London's trains or buses, there's a good chance it ends up here. And we do process every item that comes within the lost property department. 6,000 items a week are brought in and painstakingly documented, detailing what, when, and where they were lost. So it's just suitcases all the way down the wall. Suitcases and big bags. There's things you'd expect. Bikes, scooters. Every envelope has a mobile phone. And it's London, so lots of umbrellas. Then there's the unexpected. Musical instruments, diapers. A wedding dress when I started. Um... So we made up stories about the bride, whether she was jilted or she ran off. Philomena Martino got her wallet back. All the money still inside. The whole system, I think, is really good. Only about 10% of these items will reunite with their owners. But the fact that they're here... It gives faith in humankind. ...means that leaving something behind doesn't always equal the end of the line. Riley Carlson, CBS News, London. Coming up in the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys segment, the scary phenomenon of coercive control. That's next on the CBS News Weekend Roundup. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. On the CBS News Weekend Roundup. Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Key segment, where every week we discuss issues including income inequality. This time we're talking about coercive control, a form of domestic abuse involving threats, humiliation, or intimidation used to harm or punish their victim. Some experts say it's like being taken hostage. People are mostly aware of physical domestic abuse, where women, men, the elderly, and children are beaten by partners or their families. But earlier this week, there was a heartbreaking thread on Twitter over a celebrity controversy with millions of views, with women describing relationships where they were told what they could or could not wear, eat, read, or think. Some weren't allowed to speak, and it was couched as suggestions or advice supposedly given with love. Author and social inequities and injustice professor Pragya Agrawal at Loughborough University in the UK sparked many replies with her own cautionary tale and joins us. So what I posted was that 
the first time I held hands with my ex, my boyfriend, he actually said, oh, my hands were really rough. And he kindly suggested that I use and gave me tips on how I could make them softer. And I, that could have been a red flag immediately. But I was very much in like I really loved him or liked him at that stage. And then slowly it kind of escalated other things like what I could wear and not wear, what I look good and not, and things like I just want the best for you. That's often the case that it's kind of couched in these that I only want the best for you because I love you and I because I really love how beautiful you are and I want you to look beautiful. So I'll give you suggestions on what to wear and what not to wear and how you could um, make your stomach flatter by doing sit-ups, which and now I, when I say it and I think about it, you kind of realize, oh my God, I, I am shocked myself. But then at that time, you just don't realize that. Talk to me about what coercive control is and why so many people don't know that this is a problem. Yeah, I mean, there's been a bigger discussion around coercive control in the last few years, but I do think that still we don't know much about it. Um, so we know as you said before, we know about domestic abuse and we do know about violence, but emotional control is not something we understand very well. Um, and it's, it's coercive control is a form of control where it's, it's regulating other people's emotions, it's regulating other people's choices, it's regulating their actions. And slowly it becomes more um, kind of, it can escalate by with threats, with withholding affection and love with saying, if you don't do this, then I, I I cannot love you anymore. And it's about controlling other people's action or monitoring other people's emotions, actions, the way they dress, the way they look, whether they wear makeup or not. So basically, it's kind of, it's, it's putting controls on choices, on your personal autonomy. And that that is a that is a form of coercive control and obviously there are there's a whole spectrum from things what i posted and then slowly the control can grow more and it can escalate even into physical violence in some cases and you posted some statistics about uh the 95 percent of the victims of this were women and 74 percent of the perpetrators were cisgender men but uh yeah. this is this is stuff that could happen from friends and family as well right Absolutely. Um, it can happen from friends and family. Um, as I said, it's about controlling somebody else's bodily autonomy. But often, as I said, couching it in benevolence that I care for you so much, or I love you so much. And, and it can come from family members in certain cultures more than others, but in every culture where there's control on where you can go out, what can you do, what can you read, how you can dress, um, what what you can, yeah, how, how you behave, uh, whether you can wear makeup or not, whether you keep your hair long or short, all those kind of things around your own autonomy can be restricted. And that can come from friends, as we saw in some of the examples on the thread as well. Like the one woman who said her quote unquote friends said something like, oh, you're so lucky, lucky to be OK, not to be skinny like me. And the woman said, I yeah. didn't realize how much that hurt. Yes, because I think it's about it, it, it kind of making you feel ashamed of yourself in some way. But but again, saying it in a way that you, it's, it's a form of microaggression, but also it's saying it in a way that you begin to doubt yourself, whether you are. Uh, overreacting or whether you're just reading too much into the situation and you can never put your finger on why it's making you uncomfortable for a very long time. Um, and you can't articulate it to anybody because you can come across as somebody who's over-emotional or overreacting or hysterical about it. Um, yeah, I, I know people who've had this from friends and family. 
um, in many different contexts. You've said that part of this is about the expectations placed on women. What do you mean by that? So um, looking at stats and data, yes, as I said, it can come from friends and family, but there is a large proportion of women who face coercive control more than men. Um, And the data shows that some of the statistics show that 95% of people who faced this kind of emotional abuse or control are women um, from men in in a lot of cases. The expectations that I'm talking about is that the kind of social conditioning or gender socialization that women and men go through, girls and boys from a young age. And I write about that in my book, Hysterical, about how there's this notion that there are certain ways that femininity has to be portrayed and there are certain norms to be masculine. So femininity is associated with being nice, with being uh, passive, with being self-sacrificing, with being um, not... uh, with being not aggressive or assertive. And that's how sometimes girls are socialized to be nice to others, to smile more, to to um, not reply in a way that can come across as assertive um, and to be polite. And that those are the expectations placed more on girls than boys. Um, and that that is very much a socialization situation. So when we grow up like that, when women grow up like that, they are less likely to um, be able to stand up for themselves. I don't think we teach in many cases, people teach girls to how to be how to be strong with their opinions, how to hold on to their views, how to um, how to counter any form of attack on their autonomy. And we're seeing attack on bodily autonomy around the world. And there are obviously intersectional elements to it. So uh, pe- women of color, black and brown women might face that much more than um, other other people or other marginalized backgrounds might face that more. Um, I think it is, it is also because when women stand up for themselves or say, or express their opinions in a strong way, they are very quickly labeled aggressive or angry, um, which is again, because it's seen that they are countering the normative feminine kind of attributes. Um, And that can stop women from, um, and that can make women more prone or likely to uh, encounter emotional control. So I've got to ask you, I mean, in, in some cultures, yeah. to fight against that, the response can be deadly, right? If, if you're in yeah. Afghanistan or a place like that. But for yeah. those of us that don't live there, hmm. what should a woman do if she finds herself in the position of someone trying to control her like this? What, what do you suggest she do? Should she leave? Should she get some help? Yeah, I think, first of all, we need to open up these conversations. And, and the, the more that we share... The more we share these experiences and talk openly about that, um, the more people would know and recognize the signs. I think often we don't talk about it openly because we internalize this shame and this guilt that there must be something wrong with me that I'm thinking like this or there must be something wrong with me that my relationship is not working out the way it is. Uh, And so people don't talk about it openly. So I think the first step is to talk honestly and openly about it. Um, Secondly, yes, talk to somebody, talk to a therapist, talk to there are various helplines now that you can talk to and call somebody, uh, seek help uh, from a qualified professional, seek help from friends and family in the first instance, if you can, somebody who's trustworthy. And then um, I think uh, otherwise, broadly, I think more widely, societally, we need to um, think more 
about how we raise our girls, but also how we raise our boys. You know, that is really important. I've got to ask you one more because you had a lovely story yeah. about something you learned from your own daughter <laughs> about women being more assertive. Can you tell us? Yes. Um, so I, 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 my, my seven-year-old um, now is just on seven. I've got twins. Um, they are constant. They're really active and they're constantly doing headstands and cartwheels. And sometimes it drives me absolutely mad because they're <laughs> constantly moving and I feel like I'm being seasick so I was saying to her please can you not do so many headstands because I don't like it and she just replied to me saying but I like doing it you don't have to look at me and I felt I was suddenly taken aback but I also felt this surge of pride that she could stand up for herself and wouldn't and could set boundaries for other people and didn't compromise on her joy you know because she got so much joy from it and I think Sometimes we are not brought up that way because I think even when we raise children, parents can set very strict boundaries and children don't learn how to uh, how to navigate their own joy and how to navigate their own and set their own boundaries around their emotions and around their actions within a family situation as well. So um, I it, it was really enlightening a moment to and I hope that she can hold on to that. You know, that was author and social inequities and injustice professor Pragya Agarwal at Loughra University in the UK. Coming up, an artificial intelligence program giving voices back to the voiceless. That's next on the CBS News Weekend Roundup. On the CBS News Weekend Roundup. I'm Allison Keyes. An employee at a Texas airport is being hailed as a hero for saving a human trafficking victim. It's a reminder for everyone to keep an eye out for those who are in desperate need of help. It was a gut feeling from an airport employee that saved the life of a human trafficking victim. George Bush International Airport is a very busy place with a lot of moving parts and people. Like most airports in the world, there are eyes in the skies and on the ground watching to make sure everything is running smoothly. We do monitor the airport perimeter, everything, doors, luggage. Monica Phillips is an airport operations communicator. Her job is all about safety, being eyes and ears for the airport on the inside and outside. When people Google the airport's phone number, we are it. Phillips is used to answering phone calls as one of the first points of contact with Bush Airport. But a recent phone call she took was odd and stuck with her for days. On the Memorial Day weekend, I got a call from um, a guy. He said, I'm missing my mother. She flew from Lubbock and she's going via Frankfurt and I haven't heard from her. The first red flag for Phillips was how long it took for the person believed to be a trafficker to report their quote unquote mother missing. Days later, Phillips heard airport police over the radio describing a trespasser in Terminal A that didn't speak English. I raced up here. It was right over here. I raced up here and sure enough, it was the lady that the guy had been looking for a week prior. That 52-year-old woman was from an Eastern European country. She had been human trafficked to Texas by two men. And I confirmed through my language app who she was. And because I had her name from when the son called me 10 days before, I knew that was her. The victim was frightened in a place she's never seen before after escaping her traffickers. She got away from her human trafficker and she hid in a bathroom for like 10 days in this airport. 
for Phillips, the call from someone claiming to be the victim's son didn't sit well with her. And to me, it raised a red flag. She had no luggage. She had no passport. She had no money. And I knew exactly that was the woman we were looking for. And Phillips did what she was trained to do. These people, they rely on somebody to help them. She couldn't help herself. She, she stopped the case of human trafficking in its track and what is far too common in airports. If your life is in danger, I think we all do what we have to do to save ourselves, and that's what she did. Giving the trafficking victim a new chance at life. That's KHOTV's Gerald Harris. These days, many around the nation are doing whatever it takes to make ends meet. One Texas man is using his special talent to make sure his family is taken care of. I'm not offering them something physical that they can take with them. I'm offering them a single moment. It's music, it's free. It's those melodies that Douglas Hansen doesn't just do for enjoyment. So I do this to make ends meet. Not only for himself, but for his wife and five-year-old son. I'm mainly doing this so I can put my wife through school. I think that's the right thing to do as a husband. I have one five-year-old. He's turning six next, uh, next week, actually. On top of that, Hansen is already working two jobs, one at Kabachi Ramen and the other at Tyler Music Academy, which he got by playing on this exact street corner, Broadway Avenue and Chimney Rock Drive. But he still struggles to make ends meet. Favorite saying that I made up is when you're, when you're poor or when you're struggling, you get really good at whatever you put your mind to. You become the best at it. He uses every red light as an opportunity to play a soulful sound. I've got one minute to impress people most of the time. So if I don't impress people, then they're not even going to, you know, tip a quarter if they have one. And uh, I'm just grateful when people roll down their windows to listen. And it's that hope but you enjoy it. that keeps them going. So, uh, you know, it's the little things like that that make me happy and that make it not so horrible to be out here. With the reminder that his family needs him. Honestly, I just look at my Father's Day card. But when my case is open, like uh, my son made me my first Father's Day card, and I just look at that, and I don't want to let him or my wife down. So that's, that's what keeps me going. Hansen will continue to do whatever it takes to help his family succeed. That's KYTX-TV's Ashley French. Finally, in our continuing series, The Age of AI, some 5,000 people are diagnosed every year with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. The deadly illness affects the nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, causing people to lose their ability to move and speak. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook explains how artificial intelligence is helping patients preserve their voices. Hi, my name is Brian and this is my story of living with ALS. 46-year-old Brian Johnson talks to the world about his journey with ALS through TikToks, making the videos with his family and caregivers. He began recording them when he was still able to speak on his own. I'm married for almost 18 years. I have five kids. And nothing that is taken away makes me upset. I was losing my ability to speak. But with the help of artificial intelligence, Johnson has been able to keep his ability to speak through a process called voice preservation. Imagine having no way to communicate your wants or needs or your love. Voice preservation gives that back to us. This in many ways saved my life. Can you understand me okay? 
CBS News first covered voice preservation seven years ago as ALS patients at Boston Children's Hospital recorded their voices for playback later when they lost their ability to speak. Since then, the technology has only improved. In what way has AI impacted voice preservation? It's allowing people to have to record fewer messages. The quality is far superior to what we were able to do in the early days. We spoke with Johnson and his wife Christy through Zoom, allowing him to have some of the questions in advance since he has to type out all his answers in real time. The camera on his device tracks his eye movements, so they function like a cursor. What do you think of that technology? I am amazed by it. The fact that I can sound kind of like me is a true gift to me and my family. To me, he's there. His voice is there. It's totally life-changing. Voice preservation can cost more than $1,000, but there are nonprofits that can help. I promise to learn to love you more beautifully each day. On their 20th wedding anniversary, Johnson used the technology to repeat his wedding vows, continuing to communicate his love for her and for life. Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, New York. That's it for the Weekend Roundup. Thanks for listening. We want to get your feedback. Send us your thoughts and story ideas to Weekend Roundup at cbsnews.com. As always, you can find the program online on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Sarah Fishman is the technical supervisor, and Alan Pang provides production assistance. Tara Lipinski is the executive producer. Have a great week. I'm Allison Keyes, CBS News. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the CBS News Roundup ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce Season 4 of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.